All right, hello and welcome back to another episode of Just a Girl from Cleveland. This is episode 110. Uh, We have quite a bit to talk about this week in terms of NFL news, Uh, so definitely going to get into that, but also want to get into some NBA stuff as well. Um, Sorry if my voice is a little bit off or if I randomly sneeze or cough during this recording. Uh, If you live in Northeast Ohio, it is allergy season and it is coming on strong. I was, I felt like I avoided it for some reason because it just felt like for most of like March, April, I was totally fine, which usually you start experiencing some allergy symptoms then. And I was like, wow, maybe I just, you know, change things and I I don't have bad allergies anymore. And then it just hit me like a ton of bricks, probably like mid May. Um, So definitely trying to get control of that right now. So apologies if I don't completely sound like myself right now. Uh, I got some some hot tea. It's a peppermint tea. Very, very good for the soul. I highly recommend. And I'm drinking it for the YouTube people who can see here in my Just a Girl from Cleveland mug. So if you watch on YouTube, um, you can see that my special little mug figured I'd pull it out for this recording. Okay, so let's get into some of the topics today. I want to talk about the schedule release. I think, um, you know, obviously we're a couple weeks out from that being released now. I think it was released, I want to say, May 11th, but always lots to analyze with that. I say this every single year when I do this recording that like no one else does the schedule release like the NFL. Like we already know what the matchups are going to be. We are aware of the teams that we're playing, but it's so important to see what dates you are playing, what teams, what times you are playing them, when your bye week is. Like all of those things are so important in the NFL and just don't really matter as much in the NBA um, so or the MLB really. So it's just exciting when that happens. Um, every year, lots to dig into there. Um, and you kind of get an idea of what like the networks and the NFL as a whole are thinking are going to be important matchups. Obviously, things can be flexed um, towards the end of the season. There's potentially going to be, um, I believe they still have to vote on it to flex Thursday night football in general, uh, which I don't love that. I think that's disrespectful to fans who pay their hard-earned money to go to these games. And if you're moving two or three weeks ahead of time, like people have jobs, people book flights and hotels for these things. Like it is a little bit unfair, I think, to be able to move stuff like that just for profits. But what do I know? Um, But I do think it gives you an idea a lot of times of what the league is thinking of certain teams. Like the Jets got so many primetime games this season. Um, So I think, you know, you just kind of read into those things there, which that makes sense. New York market plus Aaron Rodgers, they're going to get a lot of primetime games. I get it. I personally, I like 1 p.m. games. I think that's the best time for a football game. You can recover that on Sunday and have a productive Monday still, which I appreciate as someone uh, who has a job (laughs) that they have to work on Monday mornings. So Um, yeah, we'll get into that. Then I want to talk about the Browns big signing that they made could potentially be the biggest signing they made this off season. Like, I feel like it might be, um, I would maybe just in terms of like upside, I could say Elijah Moore has so much potential that that could be a bigger one. But I mean, this one is, this one was a huge signing, um, getting another pass rusher for this team and really, uh, helping to shape up the defense a little bit more. Um, then I want to talk about some NBA playoff stuff. Um, what I think of some of the John Morant drama that is going on. And we might throw in a little bit of Donovan talk too. We'll see how I'm feeling by the end if I want to discuss or not. (laughs) Okay. So let's get into it. 
So starting with the schedule release. Um, So the Browns only have two primetime games. They have week two at Pittsburgh, Monday night football. And then the second last week of the season, they have Thursday night football against the Jets. Um, I wasn't super surprised by this, to be honest. Uh, I think, you know, I, I do feel like nationally across the media and people who talk about football, the Browns are starting to get a lot of respect in those conversations. And especially after the Zadarius Smith trade, I think a lot of people took a second look at the Browns roster who maybe had written it off because it's the Browns because of what last year looked like, took a second look at some of the changes they made this off season. Uh, and we're like, wow, the Browns could be a really competitive team. Um, so I, I'm like, I would think we would have more primetime games because of that fact, but I am not surprised because I do still think the Deshaun Watson factor is a lingering factor for the NFL uh, and therefore for the schedule makers on not wanting to um, highlight and overly broadcast the Browns still at this time because of the move that they made to get Deshaun Watson. And I think um, we see that in the games here uh, being mostly 1 p.m. Sunday games, uh, which I understand. Um, so that was one big takeaway I had, uh, other big takeaway opening up the season where three of the first four games are against division opponents. So we are going to get an idea really early of what this team is going to look like within the division. If they, and if they have a real shot at, um, winning the division, we open up at home against the Bengals. Then, like I said, Monday night football against the Steelers. We play the Titans week four and then, or week three, and then week four, we play the Ravens. Um, So I think, you know, like I said, it's going to tell us a lot about who this team is. The Titans being sprinkled in there. Like, I don't think the Titans are necessarily a good team, but I think they're a team that Mike Vrabel has ready every single game, um, no matter what. And I also think that um, they are just like a team that like runs the ball hard, plays hard. Uh, no matter what at all times as well. So I think it could be a dangerous game, even though uh, on paper I'm like, oh, we should probably be able to beat them. Like that's a game that we should win. Um, So I would like to at least take like two of those three division games. I think that would be really big to set ourselves up for success. Um, I think we are a better team than the Steelers. We always um, play the Bengals really well. So we do have a chance to open up the season, you know, winning that game. But uh, the Bengals are obviously an incredible team. And then the Ravens have made some changes this offseason and they re-signed Lamar like they always have our number. So it's going to be really hard and really telling to see what happens in those first four weeks. Um, and then we have a week five bye. Um, I think part of the reason we got this bye week is because we play in the Hall of Fame game against the Jets. So our season starts a week earlier than everyone else in the league because of this. We still have the same, you know, other three preseason games, but we have that additional preseason game as well. Um, So I think they try to go for the early buy there, but that is really early. Like to have it be week five is is tough because I I prefer it to be like mid-season. I don't know if it matters that much to the players. Um, I guess it just kind of depends on how you're doing as a team when you have your buy on what you need in that moment. And it's really hard to predict in the future. Um, so not great, but you know, I don't think that makes or breaks a season in general. Okay. So other big takeaways, um, closing the season, we have 
the Jets, and then the Bengals for the final two games. And I think that's an interesting setup to have there, um, particularly because the AFC is so competitive, and those are two teams that are expected to be um, at least competing for the playoffs, uh, along with hopefully the Browns, that I think those games could be big deciding factors on who is getting those final AFC wildcard spots at the end of the day. Um, so I'm I'm interested to see what happens there because I think they put that there intentionally um, to have it be uh, really important as you're coming into those final two weeks of the season. Uh, other than that, there's not a, a lot of call-outs I have. I think the Browns travel like less than most other teams um, across the league. We do have, you know, a couple West Coast games. We have back-to-back Denver and Los Angeles. Interested to see if they actually stay between those games. I'm not sure if they will um, just to, you know, let people come home, but it could help with uh, adjusting to the time difference and those sort of things if they do choose to stay in between. Um, so we also have Seattle on the West Coast. That's another far one. But in general, we don't do a ton of travel. Like there's some teams that are in a really tough position with, there's more international games. Um, I know, like I said, the Jets have so many primetime games and I think a lot of their schedule is just all over the place in terms of travel. And look, these players are human beings. Like it takes a toll on them when they have to do things that are out of their ordinary schedule. It does kind of help to be able to prepare the same way every single week and play at 1 p.m. and not have it be uh, so different all the time. I think routine matters a lot. So um, I'm pretty happy with, uh, you know, the lack of moving around that this team is going to have to do compared to a lot of other teams. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited. I hope everyone is planning what games they're already going to. I know I've already eyed a couple away games on the schedule that I am hoping to be at. So that should be really fun and exciting. Uh, okay. So let's talk about Zadarius Smith now. So I was actually at a Guardians game when this trade came through and it was a very exciting moment because uh, it was like a Friday late kind of like just random news dump, very unexpected timing. But nonetheless, it did happen and uh, super, super pumped about that. So the Browns gave up uh, two fifth round picks and the Vikings sent back a sixth and a seventh round pick. So basically two pick swaps not much. Not much when you're getting a elite pass rusher who had 10 sacks in 2022. He was injured uh, and was receiving back surgery and recovering from that in 2021. But then in the prior two years, in uh, 2019 and 2020, he had 12 and a half and 13 and a half sacks. So very productive seasons. And other than Miles Garrett and Clowney having a good season in 2021, we haven't had pass rushers uh, with those type of statistics in a while. So it, that's going to be extremely helpful. And I think between Miles, uh, Zadarius Smith, and Obania Okoronkwo, I think that is a dangerous combination of three pass rushers. And you know teams are going to continue to double Miles. They're going to continue to chip Miles. Uh, and that really leaves things open for those other guys to have some really, really productive years uh, and be able to get after the quarterback. So Teams, teams should be afraid of that. Like that is a dangerous combination right there. Uh, and I'm, I'm really pumped to see what it's going to look like. Um, if you haven't followed too closely uh, and you're wondering why the Vikings would give up 
basically nothing for a pass rusher like this. Um, they really needed to get him off of the books. Uh, it was pretty clear that this was going to happen. Um, Zedarius had asked to be released at a point in time, so uh, it was coming. It was kind of just a matter of what, and obviously Andrew Barry has a really good relationship with Kwesi Adolfo Mensa, the GM of the Vikings, who was previously with the Browns, uh, so it really pays to have good relationships because you can work out things like this that you know, it benefits them because they get it off the books. They, you know, get some higher picks than what they had. And we get a player uh, who is very talented and can help us as a team who is operating under the sense that they are contending. Like that is the moves they are making show they feel like they are contending at this point in time. Um, so it was kind of a win-win for everyone. Um, a great statistic that I saw is that the Browns now actually have three of the top 20 pass rushers in the league, the, the three guys I just mentioned, in pressure rate and pass rush win rate. I can never say pass rush win rate. I, for some reason, those four words together are very hard. So I always have to pause in between pass rush and win rate. <laughs> so you might notice that um, whenever I say it on here, uh, and you'll notice in the future now that that's what I have to do. It is a it's a tough tough combination of words to say, and uh, I usually slur over them otherwise. So, um, but yes, I'm I'm like I said, it was so unexpected, but it really just shows what the Browns think of themselves right now and who they want to be this season. And that is a team that is intending on being in the playoffs and making a run for things because you don't make moves like this unless you want to. Uh, like I said, I think it's also probably their best move of the offseason other than maybe Elijah Moore, which I feel like could be big. I also feel like Obinia can be an you know an awesome addition as well. Um, it's just going to be a matter of putting it all together. I think it's weird because we have made some good moves on the defensive side. I still think we could do something at defensive tackle, but in general, we've made a lot of moves. And we also always forget about the big hire we made in Jim Schwartz that is going to completely revamp and change up what this defense looks like. Um, so, you know, you obviously want guys to play well, but I think Jim Schwartz is going to be able to elevate players in general too and elevate what this defense looks like as a whole. And I think honestly just make them a more cohesive unit, which is something they were missing desperately in 2022. Uh, so looking forward to that one. Okay, let's talk a little bit of NBA right now. Um, so... It's been a weird playoffs in general, I would say. But the one thing that obviously I want to talk about is uh, LeBron. So LeBron, um, you know, went through that series against the Warriors, taking them down. And it was it was funny because the conversations going into that series were these like crazy legacy conversations, which I find interesting because I feel like we're always having LeBron legacy conversations like if he can do this will this cement him as this and it's like hasn't he done that how many like we've been having this conversation for a decade now how long do we have to have this conversation I'm pretty sure his legacy is pretty set no matter what happens but I will say it always feels good to beat the Warriors um and that he was you know able to get it done that series obviously it wasn't just him you know the entirety of the team uh, Anthony Davis, Austin Reeves showing up like guys, guys made plays um, other than LeBron for sure. But uh, I do think it was important for him to win that series. Unfortunately, now they're down 0-3 uh, to the Nuggets. So it's not looking positive. I was really hoping for LeBron to be able to get his fifth ring, but that is okay. Um, it, it doesn't feel like it's going to happen at this point when you're down 0-3. But hey, if anyone's going to do it, I'm putting my money on LeBron. Um, 
it's interesting that in the East we have Boston and the Heat. And the Heat have really just come out of nowhere in these playoffs this year. I don't know if it actually is out of nowhere or they always had it, but they were kind of a team that didn't need to perform well in the regular season and were just able to get things going in the playoffs. Like they're shooting better than they ever have before. Um, so I'm I'm honestly rooting for them over the Celtics because I just don't think Boston fans need any more winning and any more happiness. Um, so it seems like it might be a Heat Nuggets finals, which is very interesting. Um, I would probably be pulling for the Heat in that, to be honest. I don't like feel this fascination with the Nuggets that a lot of people do. I think Jokic is an incredible player and they're a very good team, but I'm not like attached to them in any way. I think it would be a cool story for an eight seed to be able to go to the finals and win it all. Um, So that's kind of what I am projecting right now. Um, Obviously, I would want LeBron to win. I just, I can't say that they're going to win this series right now. It's just not going to happen. It does not feel like it is in the cards for him right now, but that's okay. He has, he's had plenty of playoff series that he has won. And honestly, it was impressive that the Lakers even were able to make it as far as they did after changing their team halfway through the season at the trade deadline, uh, that they were able to do all of this. So very impressive and props to LeBron for sure. Okay. So let's talk about John Morant. So I don't know if I've ever talked about uh, his situation on this podcast before um, at all because it's been going on for a couple months now, it feels like, and just just surrounding the Warriors, or not the Warriors, the the Grizzlies in general, um, there's been a lot of drama this season. There was all of the Dylan Brooks stuff, um, just guys like with egos not behaving well all the time. And Jaws comes in the form of him being on social media with guns in his hand uh, multiple times. And there's been so much discourse around this on like, well, it's not illegal. Um, He's, you know, if he's in a state where he's allowed to be doing that, what's the big deal? Um, And I don't think this like conversation has to be about legalities of it. Like, of, of course, you know, there's different legal issues with guns in different states. And I'm very aware of that. But Um, I don't think the conversation with Ja has to be about that. I think it more has to be when you are an NBA player who has, you know, this, all these brand opportunities, your deal with Nike, you are a role model to children. Like Ja is a player that kids love. Kids love Ja Morant. I remember I went to the Cavs Grizzlies game, the one where Dylan Brooks hit Donovan Mitchell Um, I, I remember seeing just so many kids there, um, and even just like kids from Cleveland wearing jaw jerseys. Like it was a big deal, um, for a lot of people to be able to see him when he was in Cleveland. And I think it's more about a standard that has been set in the NBA of what is expected of guys and how you are representing not just yourself and your team, but the league as a whole. And I think that is where the issues come in with, him having this repeated behavior and these dumb friends for repeatedly posting it on social media. I don't understand why he's keeping people around him who are putting him in these positions as well. Uh, Because let's be honest, a lot of players do things behind closed doors that probably not very appropriate for the public to see and hear about and, you know, have on a Instagram live stream. But it is different when you do have it 
plastered all over social media for people to see. Um, because even if it's just a couple seconds, people screenshot, like people screen record. Things live forever on the internet, especially when you are as famous and as known as Ja is. So I think that's what the bigger issue is. Um, I know Adam Silver and the NBA has talked about there are going to be consequences for this because it's been repeated behavior. Um, and I'm not sure what that's going to look like. And it feels like it's going to be a hefty suspension. It's hard for me to like have a exact idea of what I think the suspension should look like because I don't know if we have like an exact precedent in this scenario. Um, and I feel like the NBA is going to go above and beyond on this one because they want to kind of make an example out of him and be like, hey, you got to stop this behavior. Uh, so I don't know exactly what it's going to be. It's hard too because I feel like we, I mean, we've dealt with this in the NFL as well, that suspensions, they don't always make a lot of sense uh, when you compare them across the board on what people get suspended for and how long they get suspended for. Like sometimes someone could do something really awful and not get a lot of time. And then they do something that seems a lot smaller uh, and they get a ton of time for it. So it, there's not like a one size fits all. And it's funny not to give everyone PTSD, but bringing up Sue Robinson. And she talked about that with the NFL um, in Deshaun's case on how there was no consistency on suspensions. And it was really hard for her to make a decision because uh, the precedent that they had set didn't make a lot of sense to her. And I think that's the same across most sports that uh, there's not been, you know, a well thought out process on how to handle these things. So I am really interested to see what is going to happen with Ja and how they're going to handle that. Okay, so last topic that I'll just touch on quickly. Been a lot of conversations about Donovan Mitchell. So what's been happening in the public, if you haven't seen recently, and I say in the public, but it's it's really just social media. Um, he was recently golfing and in a selfie with a I believe someone said he was the assistant GM of the Knicks, but I've read things that he maybe works in scouting um, and that it's a longtime friend of him. So I'm not 100% sure on what this man's actual title is with the team, but there was a selfie of them golfing together. Um, Donovan has been tweeting about the Mets who were just playing the Guardians and uh, kind of a sore subject for a lot of Cleveland fans. Um, but look, I'm not, I am not judging Donovan for being a fan of the Mets. His dad works for the Mets. He has been a Mets fan for a very, very long time and, uh, really cares about that team. So I don't judge him for after one year in Cleveland, not flipping to a Guardians fan. I understand that. I think it's more a sense of reading the room and how people feel at this point in time about Donovan Mitchell in Cleveland and that he just didn't really show up in the playoffs in a way that fans wanted him to and needed him to and that his team needed him to like he was supposed to be the guy we got that could take us to the next level and that just didn't happen um so I think the layers of having that and then seeing these little things is is really agitating a lot of fans right now and I get it like it's definitely uh, a little bit annoying to have it on social media when you're like you could just probably not tweet anything or not put that stuff out there um, just to be sensitive to the situation. But man, I don't know what's going to happen with him, you know, post this contract that he has right now. I'm very interested to see where, where that goes in the future. 
and if he actually does want to be here, look, I think it's it's a great place to be. You have a young core around you. Um, you know, Darius is is still young. Evan is still extremely young. Uh, so having those guys to play with, I think, is still you know, beneficial, even though it didn't work out so well in the playoffs. And I think it's still a destination where people would want to play. Um, But I don't know what is going through Donovan's head in that. So only time will tell. But gosh, I hope that the Cavs can figure out what they need to do because next season is going to be ugly if things go kind of the same exact way that they did this season. Um, And heads will have to roll at some point. That's just the way it goes. Someone gets fired if things keep going wrong. Um... All right, so that is actually all I have for you guys today. Um, If you could leave me a review or a rating, that would be great. I always appreciate those. Um, I think I am up to a nice round number again on Instagram. Uh, So let's just like get a bunch in and then we can get it to another round number again. Because like I said before, I always like when they're nice round numbers. Um, And then um, if you could also share with friends, share with family, anyone who's really into talking and listening to things about Cleveland sports, you should definitely share it with them. I would very much appreciate that. Uh, Hopefully there is more news as time goes on with maybe the Browns making another move. Maybe the Cavs at some point, once this season is done, making another move. We will see what happens. Summertime gets weird though, you know, in in sports all the time. It's a, a bit of a dead period when it's just baseball season happening, but Training camp will be here before we know it, so looking forward to that as well. Uh, Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope everyone has a good one.